is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Little roller up along first, behind the band, it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets win it! See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Tuned into Game On with Josh Silverberg. Game On! Talking all things sports. It's, it's Game On! Yeah, Game On! Game On! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday to you. This is Game On right here live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Joining you every Friday from 6 o'clock to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We hope everybody's having a great Friday. Some of you have off President's Day, a fantastic three-day weekend. Luckily, me being a teacher, I have off the whole week next week. So I get to rest, relax, and everything like that. And I get to do double duty next week because I will be filling in for Arrow Marks next week on the Weekend Crunch with Speedy PD. So I will be pulling double duty with that and so much more. I have my phone here next to me because it's charging. So I might be glancing at a little bit every now and then. With your comments or anything like that, and again, you can check out my show and, of course, other great shows like Sports Loudmouth, The Herd, Wise Guys, uh, Betting Show, and so many great platforms and great programs along with wonderful articles on WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Check us out on our app as well. It is free, the app. Just type in WSRN on your iPhone or Android. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. So much more. We have a lot to get to, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we're going to recap the Super Bowl. I know it's been a week already, so we've heard everything. We've heard, we've seen everything. Recap a little bit. At the 625 mark, we will do that. We're going to get into a little Elimination Chamber preview for the WWE this weekend, as they will be in Montreal tomorrow, the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Do a little NHL trade deadline conversation, along with the NBA All-Star Game, and why... They need to change things up a little bit and so much more. Plus my buzzer beater as well. So stick around with us. Tune in for that and so much more. Of course, we're going to do our Lido spot, which is our rundown. Here is the Lido spot right here. And that is topic number one. And that is unfortunately the somber news of losing Tim McCarver a couple of days ago at the age of 81. Tim McCarver, who had been a broadcaster since 1985, of course, made his debut with the World Series, you know, did was broadcaster for the Mets. For a couple of years, he played in four decades. Let's 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 not remember that. Played in, started in 1959, played through the 60s, played through the 70s, and went to I believe his last year was 1980. So that is impressive. Now he was not a power hitter, but Carver, not a Hall of Fame player either. He only hit 97 career home runs, but had a couple of big hits in playoffs, especially for the Cardinals. They won the World Series, I believe, at 59, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had a big hit playing four decades. is very impressive, and of course his broadcasting career as well. The thing about McCarver is he didn't overanalyze the game. And yes, I forgot, you can call the number at 631-672-3108. The thing about McCarver is he didn't always have always overanalyze games. He came in, he didn't step on anybody's toes. When he was with Joe Buck, do I think it was the greatest broadcast team? No, not 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 at all. But the thing that I appreciate about 
Tim McCarver was. He gave us analysis and he was precise about certain things that could happen. Uh, I heard a story the other day, and it was during the 1988 National League Series with the Mets and the Dodgers, where Tim McCarver said right before Gary Carter was batting, Carter's not the player he was years ago. I don't know why they're sitting so far deep. And Carter hit a game-winning single, and the Mets stole game one against Oral Hershiser. In 1988. Now, again, was McCarver the greatest broadcaster in the world? No, he was not. Definitely not. But what he is is, is a, a respectable guy. He had, was an announcer for so many World Series games. Again, we all remember him from his days with Joe Buck at Fox, doing all the World Series coverage, everything like that. And again, playing four decades of baseball is very impressive. So thoughts and prayers, condolences to the family of Tim McCarver. I love to hear Kenny Earl and Lyle broadcast the Mets game. Okay, don't – so. Snug, we're not even going to put the Met fan like me in the, in, the, in the Met broadcast booth. Thanks. Anyway, that's uh, part of the leadoff spot. Number two, Derek Carr visiting with the New York Jets. He's going to be in uh, Florham Park tonight. Now, Lyle would, just, Lyle would just talk about the Nationals all the time. Nobody cares about that. Derek Carr is going to be meeting with the Jets tonight, staying for the weekend. The report is he is high on the Jets' list of quarterbacks. They love Aaron Rodgers, of course. That's the number one option to go along with Lamar Jackson. Tim McCarver is not in the Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. I don't believe he is. See, now I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if Tim McCarver is in the Hall of Fame. He might be in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster. I don't believe he's in the Hall of Fame. As a player, he is not in the Hall of Fame as a player. He's not in the Hall of Fame as a player. Just want that clarified. He is not in the Hall of Fame as a player. But going back to Derek Carr for a second, Derek Carr, pretty much, here's the thing. Do I think Derek Carr makes the Jets better? Yes, of course. He's an upgrade over Zach Wilson. He's an upgrade over Mike White. Of course. We all know this. We're not silly and stupid. Uh, is he an upgrade over Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston with the Saints? Yes. Is he an, up, up, is he an upgrade over P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold with the Panthers? Absolutely. Is he an upgrade over Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask with the Buccaneers? Yes. Does Derek Carr get you to that next level? Now, here's the thing. With, with Derek Carr, I believe the expectations are going to be um, – so he is it as a broadcast. That's what I figured, not a player. The thing about Derek Carr is he's a nice quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I like Derek Carr. You have to take basically Derek. You, what you're going to have to do is this. You have to take the expectations of the playoffs. Okay. And that's where you get with Derek Carr. You're not getting a Super Bowl expectation. You're getting a playoff expectation because you look at it in like this. Say, for example, you have playoff teams that are going in next year. Say you have the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Jaguars, the Bills, um, the Ravens, the Bengals. You know, Josh Allen is better than him. Joe Burrow is better than him. Justin Herbert is better than him. Trevor Lawrence is better than him. Lamar Jackson is better than him. All of those quarterbacks are better than him. And that's the thing. He's going to go in there in the playoffs next year as probably one of the worst quarterbacks going in. So if you're a Jet fan, it would be great if you got Derek Carr. And and no, it's like the Pats are not sniffing the, the playoffs. But Mac Jones is the quarterback. 
Now, if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, you're talking Super Bowl contention. Now you're getting down to the Super Bowl premises of you have Rodgers with Brees Hall, an offensive line that's getting back him back. I'm sure they'll do something else in the draft. Garrett Wilson, who's one offensive rookie of the year, a very good top five defense. The thing about Derek Carr is he's not going to cost you anything. He says he's just going to cost money. Rodgers is going to cost you draft picks. And that's where the Jets have to be self-aware. Now, Woody Johnson could say to Joe Douglas, hey, listen, I know you love Aaron Rodgers, and that's great. If Carr signs somewhere and Rodgers says, I don't want to come here, we're screwed. That's the issue. So the Jets have to be self-aware of the situation going on. Why Aaron Rodgers, and, and, and by the way, I said it on my show last week, what he's doing is, listen, it's normal to me. If that's how he copes with his self-healing, fine. Everybody says he's a great teammate. If Aaron Rodgers says, I don't want to come to the Jets, and Derek Carr signed somewhere before that answer, the Jets are in a lot of trouble. The New York Jets need to figure out with what they're doing. If you get Carr and you sign him now, all you're doing is giving money. You have your quarterback spot filled, and you can move on with the offseason. You can do the draft picks. You can get to other things. The Jets are not signing Ryan Tannehill. Stop. Come on, Snug. The New York Jets need to figure out where to go with this spot, where to go with this situation. Do I put all my eggs in one basket for Rodgers and let the other guys go like a car who I don't have to trade anything for? I can just sign him. Now, the ex- now the bar is lower. The, the bar is set lower than with Rodgers. With Rodgers, it's Super Bowl. With Carr, it's wild card spot. And if the Jets sign Derek Carr, it's going to be a four- or five-year deal, and that's the end of Zach Wilson. It's done. With Rodgers, you bring him in, you let Zach sit for two years, maybe get his head out of his you-know-what, figure himself out. You do that. So we'll see where the New York Jets go for this spot. Part of the, th- of the lineup, number three. That is the start of pitchers and catchers. And boy, two things really, really stood out to me. One, Manny Machado. You want to talk about a buzzkill. This is a Padre team that's contending for a World Series this year. Manny Machado gets out of his limo. Somebody asked him a question. And he answered it right away. He says, I'm opting out. You want to talk about buzzkillian? That's buzzkillian. Manny Machado today. And look, we know teams are going to be interested in him in the offseason. We know the Mets will be in there. We know the Yankees will be in there. The Orioles, I don't think, are going to have the money. It would be interesting if they could bring him back. Um, Trying to think of other teams that could be in on on Machado next year. You know, I'd have to think about it, look at the list. I know the Mets and the Yankees will be in on him. But they just come out of the car when spring training starts. And say, I'm opting out. When you know that this team was in the NLCS last year trying to compete, that's the part with Machado that bothered me because the pitchers and catchers just started and you get right out of the car and the first thing you say is, I'm opting out. Why don't you say the why don't you work with your public relations person and say, I don't want to discuss that right now. I want to get through the season. October, November is a long way away. I'm focused on this year. Just answer it like that and call it a day. Call it a day. Don't be a buzzkill. You're competing for our World Series this year. 
I mean, he's made $150 million already. If he doesn't opt out, he's going to make another $150 more, so he's going to make $300 million with the Padres anyway. So, I mean, you got to take a step back with that. That's number one. Number two, corporate, the corporate bird situation is, is a disgrace by the Brewers. The Brewers won the arbitration case not paying the $750,000 for the Cy Young Award winner last year and then said some very nasty things in court and got the case won. The only thing the Brewers did was strain their relationship, and I hope Ben is watching and listening to this because the Brewers are a disgrace for what they did to treating a guy like this so that valuable. It's $750,000 for a guy that won the Cy Young two years ago, and he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And you're going to say those things in court about him, and you're going to strain the relationship and bend that one and ruin that because you want to save a couple of thousands of dollars? And this is why Steve Cohen says what he says. Steve Cohen basically says, let's get owners in here that will pay for a product to sell to the fans. Instead, the Brewers took the route of, nah, we're going to insult one of the best pitchers in baseball on our team and not even pay him a quarter of a million. That's cheap, that's arrogant, and it's nasty to a pitcher like Burns. And Burns, if you heard him at the media today, was, excuse my French, was pissed off about it. And he had every right to be. It was a disgrace by the Brewers for how they treated this guy. And this guy should demand out of Milwaukee. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. You're going to treat him like this? You won't give him $750,000, but then say those things in court about him? Give me a break. And I can tell you right now, the Brewers aren't winning anything this year. Love the Cardinals. They're winning the Central. They're disgraced by the Brewers. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the Tiger Woods situation. <clears throat> we know he's in the tournament right now. Doing okay. Not playing great. Listen, Tiger's there for show. We know this. Brings ratings. Brings revenue. He's not what he was 10 years ago. The back surgeries. The leg issues. All that stuff. All of that. We know where he stands, Tiger. Right? We know where he goes. He's bringing revenue to the networks. That's what he's doing. He's not a good player anymore. The the run that he had when he won that major a couple years ago, that was awesome. He's not Tiger Woods 10 years ago. He's there for revenue and that's it. And me, I'm a golf fan. So when I watch Tiger play, it's sad now. And I watch it and I say to myself, well, it's, you're wasting time when I see him. It's amazing how just falling from grace he's got, but it's good. He's older and he's had so many surgeries. That's the issue. It's amazing after his car accident, he's even still alive. That's the crazy thing. That's the lineup. That's the rundown. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get into a recap of the Super Bowl. I know it's been a week old, but I'm going to get my thoughts on it. I'll let you know if the referees screwed the Eagles over. Does this also cement Patrick Mahomes as a future? If not future, then now... Top five quarterback in the history of the NFL. I'll tell you all that right back here on Game On. We'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game On! Game On! We're back. You're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Game On. Thanks for joining us on this wonderful program. Of course, Speedy Petey on the board. Again, check us out on WorldWideSportsRadio.com and our free app as well. I could see the chat has gone off the rails, so I'm just going to uh, divulge that and get that away um, because I could see this is turning into a sports loudmouths chat. So let's get to the Super Bowl really quick, right? It's been a week old, about a week old almost. We know what happened. We saw what happened. Um, my thoughts on it, everybody's been asking me, what did you think of it? Was it rigged? Was it not rigged? Was it fixed? So on and so forth. Everything like that. I don't know why. I actually just got booted off the chat. That's funny. <laughs> I just got booted off the chat. Do I think the Super Bowl was rigged? And the question I, I have to ask everybody else is, don't we know that sports in general is rigged? Don't don't we already know that sports is already a rigged thing as it is? Now, do I think the entire Super Bowl was rigged? No. No, 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 no. The entire Super Bowl was not rigged. Kudos to Bradbury and Sirianni after the game, not blaming the refs. They took the high road, and they said I held him. Which, <clears throat> did Bradbury hold the receiver? Yes. He did hold the receiver. Is that a play where you should have put the flag in your pocket? Do you discuss it on the headset with the other refs? Do I do the flag? Do I throw the flag? If I throw the flag, the game is over then. That's when I should have been kept. In the pocket. You don't decide the Super Bowl on that route. That's not the way to go. Now, the other highlight of the Super Bowl, this is going off topic a little bit, was Rihanna grabbing her, you know what, down there and sniffing her finger afterwards. That was fascinating. (laughs) That was... That was something else. But then again, it was Jennifer Lopez and Shakira did the lick the, 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 with the lick thing in front of the camera. So, And then, of course, Janet Jackson, you know, showed her boob. But nothing surprises me anymore. Was the Super Bowl fixed? You can make the argument at the end of the game, it was rigged. That's a call that should not be made at that moment in time. It should not have been... There's no way and everything like that. The National Anthem was very good by Chris Stapleton, by the way. But the Super Bowl, in my eyes, the ending was fixed. It's a shame because it was a great game. Jalen Hurts played his tail off in that game. He did. Look at the numbers. Go look at them. He was consistent through four quarters. He outplayed Mahomes in that game. And then people are going to go back and they're going to say, well, what about the fumble before halftime? The, the, the Eagles still scored, I believe it was another um, 10 unanswered. So in the end, that didn't really make a difference. I will tell you this, the Eagles defense, they finally played a real quarterback, though, and a real offense. That number one defense that was ranked throughout the season, you saw them play the Giants team that wasn't – even shouldn't even have been there. And you saw a 4 team that was playing their fourth-string quarterback after their third-string quarterback went out with an injury. And this is why I was questioning those two weeks. And I, Speedy and I both picked the Chiefs to win this game. Was the Eagle defense a legitimate threat 
in the sense that you look at their schedule throughout the regular season, but then you also look at their playoff run. Did they have a real threat to play against? They did not. And then they go and they play a guy like Patrick Mahomes who shredded that defense. To me, when I look at the in this way, it's this. The Eagles are not going anywhere for a while. We know that. They have a top 10 pick this year, thanks to, in large part, to the Saints. They have a top 10 pick this year. So they're going to get stronger. The issue for the Eagles is going to be losing their two coordinators. They lost their offensive and their defensive coordinator, both of them. Uh, the defensive coordinator goes to the Cardinals. Offensive coordinator goes to the Colts. Now, I do think, again, going back to what I was saying, the end of the game was rigged in my eyes because it should not have come down to that. I think the NFL has been fixed for a very long time. Errol actually sent me an interesting video about uh, the Pat McAfee thing with the script for the season. And I, I found that to be very interesting. Because it was like McAfee had it set where this whole script was going to happen. It was in 2009. 2009, he he got a script of they were going to have their record set, Super Bowl against the Saints, and lose. It's, which is the weirdest thing. An NBA referee got called for fixing games and he got arrested. It's been fixed for a while. It's been fixed for a long time. My father's been telling me this for over 15 years. He's been telling me that the NFL's been fixed. That game was fixed at the end. Now, what does this mean again for now for the Chiefs? Well, Eric Bieniemy is going to the Washington Commanders to be the offensive coordinator. He has signed a deal, so he's joining Ron Rivera's staff. He's joining his staff. Now, Eric Bieniemy is going to get to really show what he is because he's been hiding behind Andy Reid. Now, we're really going to get to see what Bieniemy is. Now, Bieniemy is going from Patrick Mahomes. To uh, to Hal as a quarterback. And that's going to be an interesting thing. And Frankie's right, by the way. The halftime show did have more viewers than the Super Bowl. Which is, that you'd be surprised. That happens more often. When I looked at this game... I thought it would be a very tight game. I thought it would be an offensive matchup because I didn't trust the Chiefs' defense that much. And I just felt the Eagles' defense at times was just overrated. They had the easiest run you could possibly have to a Super Bowl. And their defense got absolutely clocked by the Chiefs. Now, what? Now I left the question before we went to break. It's, what about Patrick Mahomes? Is he now a top five quarterback in NFL history? I don't think he's there yet. Now, listen, he's played five seasons. Speedy, you can correct me on this if you want. He's played five seasons. He's never played a road playoff game. He's been to three Super Bowls. He's won two of them. And then the other one, it's a matter of uh, – you have the third, the the, um, the two AFC championship games. You're a D Ford offside and a collapse in the fourth quarter away against the Bengals from going to five Super Bowls. Speedy says we have a caller. Who's the caller, Speedy? Yeah, 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 it's me. Oh, it's, 
Look at that. It's my father calling in. I just want to it, talk to you about a couple of things you're talking about. First, I want to talk to you about the Tim McCarver take. You can't say he wasn't that good a broadcaster. It was just an average broadcaster. He was like the first broadcaster that turned baseball into like John Madden broadcasting. He was very much into the weeds. He was really good. But that's not really why I called. I called to talk about this Super Bowl fixing. Okay. Uh-huh. So I'm having a hard time hearing you. But what I want that's- to say is um, basically – as we talked, we, I told you a lot of times that the Super Bowl is the easiest game to fix, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But the point I want to make is that you gave credit to the Eagles player and the coach for admitting that he held. The league, I guaranteed, forced them to come out and say that for no other reason to quell what would have happened in Philadelphia if they didn't say something like that. And also just to maintain the legitimacy of the sport. Well, let, well, let me ask you this question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you this quick, all right? And you could give me a rebuttal if you'd like. But my, my question to you is, do you think Roger Goodell, can, first off, can you blame him for telling the Eagles what to do? Because he already knows he has a lot on his hands. Knowing that now that the Super Bowl is over, he heard two things about it. One, the field was garbage. And two, he's got to hear that the NFL is fixed. So can you blame him for stepping in and telling the Eagles to say, listen, we have to do by right by this. We can't throw these guys under the bus. You need to say this. I can't really blame, you know, Goodell for telling them to do that if that's the case. But the thing you have to realize is that the NFL is a 50, $100 billion corporation. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they will do anything and everything to protect what they call the shield. And, and, and because of that, anything that looks suspicious, they will sweep under the rug. Of course. That's always been the case with them. They've always right. done that. Yeah. So my point saying is that everybody's – so by, by the Philadelphia Eagles cornerback, by admitting that he held the guy, it sort of stopped all talk radio talking about it being fixed. Everybody ah. just said, well, he admitted it. He admitted it. So it must that, have happened. Yeah. But if you watch. So Continue your point. Yeah. When you watch, when you watch the tape of him admitting it, he looked like a prisoner of war. It was like, uh, <laughs> He had no emotion. He was just staring in the camera, spouting off his script. That's fair to say. And 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 the thing of it is, is that I look at it in this perspective. We've all yeah. have come to accustomed to knowing that. I mean, Errol has talked about it on his show. You've talked you've talked to me about it since I was a teenager that the NFL is fixed. Um, well, the, you know, I mean, no sport is prone to. F- fixing more than the NFL. I mean, the of NFL course. is the easiest sport to fix games because of the way it's officiated and the amount of money that's bet on games makes it a lot easier to bet to fix football games. So, the, you know, it's just the way that the acceptance of bad calls um, and, and the amount of money that's bet on games makes it so easy to hide money if you want to bet a fixed game. 
So I'm not going to keep you anymore. Dad, thank you for calling. Listen, happy early birthday to you. I love you, and I will I see you. I, I will see you tomorrow, and uh, we'll celebrate your birthday tomorrow, right, man? I'll see you tomorrow, man. Have All a right. good show. Thank you, Thanks, Dad. Guys. Say Appreciate hi to Speedy. It. Take it easy. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate <laughs> it. Ladies and gentlemen, my father, Nelson Silverberg, dropping some knowledge. I'll give him the take on the Tim McCarver thing. He did open up the game of baseball more for what it was. Now, again, I only said he was an average broadcaster because I wasn't really a, the fan of the way he did do the games. Again, I watched him more going up in the 2000s when it was kind of like getting towards the tail end of the, of the career and everything like that. So that's where I stand on the Tim McCarver thing. As far as the football, listen, we've all said it. The thing of it is, is this. The NFL has been fixed for a very long time. We know this. It's a money-grubbing sport. Was the entire Super Bowl fixed? No. Was the end of it fixed? I believe it was. I think it was. And again, as my father said, it's a billion-dollar corporation. There you always sweep things under the rug. That's why... When they do this drug testing stuff for the NFL, why do they don't they don't test for steroids or nothing like that? Because they know every single person would get caught. That's the facts of this whole thing. You can't sit there and tell me otherwise. They 100% told Bradbury and Sirianni, don't say anything. Trust me, again, as I said, the two things that Goodell's heard about these few weeks, this last week, is the way the game ended and the field of the Super Bowl. Which I'm trying to figure out how a field could be that bad when the Cardinals haven't played a game there in over a month and you had all this time to prep and prepare the field and the field is slippery. How does that happen? Explain that one to me. Makes no sense. None of it makes sense. The disgrace the way that field was. The kicker on the Eagles almost broke his leg kicking a ball. They had a month to fix that field and make it decent. And that's what they came out with? Joke. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into a little NHL trade deadline conversation. We're going to get to a little NBA All-Star game conversation. Do a little WWE elimination chamber. And then we get to our buzzer beater. This is Game On right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game on! Game on! We're, We're back! back. Oh. You're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here live on Game On on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. I have a guest with me at this time. There he is. Mr. Caleb is here, ladies and gentlemen. We have not seen him on the air in forever, but this is how he... Looks now much different than when we first saw him a couple months ago. So Caleb's going to end the show with me as long as he doesn't touch or break anything, of course. So we always have to worry about that. I'm actually going to stand up with him now because uh, that seems to be the easier thing to do. So we're going to – I was going to attempt to stand up. Here we go. Never mind. So here we go. So we're going to end the show uh, again. A couple points. We have the NBA All-Star game that is coming up this weekend. To me, the NBA All-Star game is this. It's a snooze fest. It's a bore. And the problem is, with the NBA All-Star game, here's the issue. 
The problem with the All-Star game is this. They, they need to change the way it's done. I hate this whole uh, Giannis, Team Giannis, LeBron thing. I can't stand it to me. To me, it's just, it's very, it, 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 it's, it's silly how it's done. It's ridiculous how it is in my eyes. And to me, the issue is this as well. The way the game is done is this. Nobody's is when you look at like say the three point contest, the the NBA dunk contest and stuff like that. To me, that's 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 an issue. You know what I mean? That's an issue for me because the it hasn't changed. You know, it has not changed in forever. And that to me, when I look at how it's done, is this. The problem with the NBA is this. They have a major issue when they're trying to also, one, get the fans to want to watch this game. Because let's call it like it is. It literally is just a three-point shootout. It's boring. It's a snooze fest. Doesn't matter. I don't like the fact the scores are always 185 to 180 or whatever it is. Like I'm not going to sit there tomorrow night and watch... Or whatever it is. Is it, I don't even know, is it, Speedy, is it tonight or tomorrow the dunk contest and the three-point contest? I don't even know when it is. I'm not going to sit around and wait and watch it. It's boring. It's not funny. There's no Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Oscar Robertson. All these guys that were great dunkers, all this stuff. They're not, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Getting into the NHL trade deadline. Want to get into a little bit about that. Now, look, we know Tarasenko is gone. We understand more moves are going to be happening. I don't know if the big moves are going to be happening. Now, Arrow is convinced that the Rangers are still going to get Patrick Kane. I don't see it. I don't know how that's happening. Uh, I think Timo Meyer is a fit for the Devils. Because now Jack Hughes is back. If you they have the prospect pool to do it, so you do it that way and everything like that. To me, when I look at the Devils and the way they're built, if they got Timo Meyer, they're a threat, which is crazy because I thought they would fall off. Vincent Vanacek is having a great season. You look at the conversation, Timo Meyer and the Carolina Hurricanes. Listen, they just put Patch already on long term IR. I don't know what the cap situation is for the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm not sure. You need to look more into that. And then, of course, you have the story of the Edmonton Oilers and Eric Carlson. How is that going to work with that massive cap hit? Don't know. Maybe a third, you know, probably have to trade uh, Pyarvi and somebody else and get a third team involved. The issue, when I, here's the, the threats I look in the Easter Conference, the Stanley Cup contenders, the Bruins, the Lightning, the Hurricanes, the Rangers. I don't know if I want to put the Devils there just yet. Um, Toronto's there. The problem is Toronto can't get out of their own freaking way. So who knows if they're even going to be involved. But to me, when I look at the situation of where Patrick Kane said he wants to go, either the Rangers or the Maple Leafs, Toronto doesn't need him. They have so many right-wingers already. And if the Rangers do get Kane, it's like, okay, you're going to put him on that second line with 
Panarin and Trocheck, and you move VC down to the fourth line. But it's almost like I'd rather have like the depth guys on the fourth line. Like if they could get a Tyler Mott back, you put him with put Mott down on the fourth line with Goodrow and Gautier. That's a nice fourth line. So to me, when I look, I think the Devils are eventually going to fall off. They're going to make the playoffs, Devils, but I think they're going to fall off. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to get in. I Washington is still playing even well without Ovechkin, but again, the game's in hand. Buffalo has a lot of games in hand. Florida's going to get Barkov back at some point. The Islanders are about to start a massive, massively brutal part of their schedule. They got Pittsburgh twice. They got Boston. They got Pittsburgh and Boston back-to-back nights tonight tomorrow. That's brutal for them. And they only scored and they only got three points in the three games against Vancouver, Montreal, and Ottawa. In those three games, they came away with two points. Two points. The overtime lost to Mont. They lost at home at the up four to two. At home, they lost to Vancouver. Then you had the loss in Montreal in overtime. Then you had the loss to Ottawa. Unacceptable. And I think Lane Lambert, to me, is a one and done. Lambert, to me, is a one and done. I want to get to the WWE right now. And, of course, talk about Elimination Chamber, which is this Saturday night, tomorrow night, in Montreal. And it's going to be interesting. you got Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns, which I think is the best storyline in all of professional wrestling right now. I know Speedy still can't believe that I'm talking WWE. WWE is the best storyline going in professional wrestling right now. Right now, I think they're the better product than AEW is right now. Holy crap, I can't believe I just said that. Wow. Who would have ever thought you would have said that again? The facts are the facts. When Triple H took over this company, you knew creativity was going to be put into the offices. That's the facts. That is the main thing. When I look at how WWE is building this product with the Roman Reigns bloodline stuff with Cody, with Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn's going to be in his hometown tomorrow of Montreal against Roman Reigns. Hostile. The crowd's going to be towards Roman, and they're going to love Sami. I'm excited to watch this show tomorrow night. I can't wait. I can't what I'm saying about WWE pay-per-view. I can't wait. It's a better product than the AEW is right now. Can't tell me differently. Can't tell me otherwise. And then the report just came out that WWE officials are confident they're going to sign Kenny Omega. That's wild. That, to me, is the most wild part. If WWE could sign Kenny Omega away from AEW, you're hearing the Jay White rumors. You're hearing the Tomatonga and Hikuweo rumors from New Japan. Going to WWE. There's a lot happening for WWE right now. WrestleMania is going to be a great show for them this year. I'm telling you right now, it is. It's going to be a great show for them. So, look forward to that. I'm looking forward to Olympics Chamber tomorrow. I think it's going to be a great show. You have two of the matches. The U.S. Uh, Championship match is going to be fought in the Elimination Chamber. So, they're building up the mid-card belts again, which is fantastic. A great idea by Triple H. Paul Levesque. And... I have enjoyed it very much, and they're watching their product. I want to get to my buddies who beat it right now. Speedy, do it. And, and there it is. And I'm going to talk about why sports is as dull as dull can be right now, ladies and gentlemen. And, yes, the reason being, 
football season is over. Baseball season hasn't kicked in yet. You're at the point in the hockey and basketball season where it's getting towards the end and you just want the playoffs to start. March Madness has not started yet. This is dull and boring. There is nothing, nothing, nothing happening in sports right now. And again, that's always the case after the Super Bowl is over, right? we got to wait a few weeks. Because I always say this. I think end of March, April, and then I said it too. Um, September, September, October, March, April, you have baseball revving up. The NHL and the NBA players are starting. March Madness is happening. And you have the NFL draft right around the corner. And then in September, October, you have uh, hockey, basketball starting up. The baseball season's coming to an end towards getting to the playoffs. Football, college, and the NFL is starting up again. That, to me, you combine those together. That, to me, are the best times in sports. February is brutal because, again, baseball's not clicked in yet. And don't forget, you also have the World Baseball Classic this year. Take that into account. Okay? And, again, if you want to say the Premier League's all that, fine, Stuck. That's totally fine. Again, I'm not a soccer person. It's not for everybody in the States. So that's something that just – in United States sports-wise, it's very tough right now to be involved in anything. It is. So, before I go, don't forget to check out our show and other great shows here, Worldwide Sports or Radio.com. I want to, of course, thank my father, Nelson Silverberg, for calling in before. Caleb, we make a little stop uh, on the show as well. Had to watch him for a few minutes. Well, obviously, we missed. That's totally fine. And, of course, all the great fans for listening, the, the comments, which, God, you put Jeff Earl and Snug in a chat room. You know, I did <laughs> Caleb cameras. I like that. Caleb cameo speedy. I like that. Yes. Caleb will have cameos every now and then. Uh, I tried standing up and the camera was coming back. So I said, you know, I'm just got to sit down. Then he started getting, he wanted the bottle on the floor. So I said, all right, give it him. Everything like that. But, and of course, if I take him away now, he, he wants, he wants Melissa all the time. He wants mom all the time. That's his new thing. So everything like that, you know, dad is eh, mom is, that's what we want. We're at that age now. So, but of course, check us out on worldwidesportsradio.com. Don't forget to check us out on our free app, WWSRN. Type it in. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. That and so much more. Don't forget to check out Sports Live Mounts, The Wise Guys, of course, my show, Game On, The Betting Show, The Herd. Next week, next week, I will be in studio. I will not be in, in my home. I will be in studio with Speedy Petey. Next week, because uh, I will be filling in for Arrow and doing the Weekend Crunch. So that's why I will be in studio next week. So check us out then. So I'll be doing double duty Friday and Saturday. So I cannot wait for that. I hope everybody has a wonderful, if you're off on money, three-day weekend. Enjoy the time off. Teachers, I know we're off this week. Ecstatic for that. Can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Game On here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Thank you to all the fans for listening and watching. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Game On right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.